This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Fifth. Forget it. The fifth goes off at three. We going to the track? You're listening to Race Day at Fairmont Park on lineupmedia.fm. And the law. With a different story on every face. I'm going to Hawaii. I'm going to Hawaii. I'm falling back. I'm not going to Hawaii. Will they make it through? I like the two horse. Got front wraps. Big money on the board. I like the six. That's the horse. That's it. I always bet on five. The number one horse. I like the four. Number four. Four. I like the six. I like the four horse. And you lay your money down when you cross the line. Here comes the champ. I mean it. You are the champ. Believe me, you got more guts than you got sense. I love it. <laughs> now your host, John Okabinjian. Welcome, welcome back, race fans, to another great show here at FairmontParkPodcast.com. Uh, Brian, uh, great show. Great show we had with uh, Bobby Pace, the racing steward at uh, Fairmont Park last yeah. time out. A lot of great reviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought we'd keep this up, my friends. We got Mike Plasser, a good friend of mine, who's also an agent out at Fairmont Park with uh, Victor Santiago as his agent. And uh, Mike Glad to have you on board, my friend. Good to be back, Donald. Good to be back. And, uh, folks, uh, if you, uh, it's not going to be on the show, but uh, all of a sudden I just, uh, you know, it's an old football injury or something because I just forgot Mike's last name. All of a sudden I, I went blank there. Uh, unreal, unreal. Mike, how you been? Been real good, real good, job. Everything's been good? Yeah, everything's going good. Uh, kind of surprised when I walked in here today and Brian and I – Remember him being a lot bigger, and uh, he's oh, lost he a lot was a of big, chubby guy, and wasn't you he? You yourself has lost a lot of weight. Hats off to you guys. How much have you lost, Brian? Uh, right around like one sixty four or something like that. All right, I lost seventy two. So with both of us, we've got a down lineman for probably an NFL uh, offensive oh, yeah. lineman there. Yep. Definitely getting up there. Yeah. Yeah, so that's great. Uh, how you been? Everything good? Yeah, everything's doing good, real good. Uh, meat's going pretty good so far. Uh, weather's been – we had a little hot spell for a while, and I think that affected some of the horses, the way they performed a little bit. Just, they're like human beings, you know. Uh, some of them can't handle the heat as good as others, but uh, everything's going good. Roger's doing a hell of a job with the racing secretary. He's uh, filling races as good as he can. Um uh, we don't have a lot of horses on the backside, but uh, with the gaming bill getting passed and the governor signing it, um, I think things are really looking good in the future. That's interesting to say because now, as an agent, I'm not saying you're going to get rid of Victor at all. That, right. That's your guy and all that. But now you're going to see bigger outfits coming in. Yeah, oh you're yeah. gonna you're gonna see much more. Uh, I mean, bigger name jocks to they even start coming in. They'll, Fairmont Park. They'll see where the purses are raising, and uh, the days will get extended to you know to a certain extent. Uh, right off the bat, I don't know what the numbers are. Uh, I don't have any idea. But uh, you know, you've got a couple of riders that uh, has left here and done well in other places. Uh, but this is home, and uh, it's yeah, a pretty big you know, draw for them. You know, 
You know I what? For a couple of them to come back. You know what? what? You used to do Rafael Hernandez. Yeah, I had Hernandez and I had Pompel. I've had Rafael that. Hernandez on my show. Yeah, he used to ride my horses. Yeah, how yeah. great would it be to see Rafael Hernandez come back to he's his do, place? He's doing really good at Woodbine. You know, he's uh, running out five, six million dollars a year up there in purse money. Uh, he gets a percentage of that, of course. Um, Tommy has done well at Indiana. Uh, he's now in Louisiana, doing well down there. He's coming off of a broken bone, but uh, he's did doing I, really good. Did I ever tell you about my Pompel story? No. My, my dream? No. Oh, my God. I had Pompel in my I, – I had a dream about Pompel. Now, relax, folks. Nothing like that. <laughs> but Pompel was in my dream riding a horse on a chariot, the three-horse, in the third race. And <laughs> – and I went up, and this horse won by like, like I don't know how many chariots <laughs> wise, but he won. And uh, the next night, I I showed up at the track and I played uh, Pompel right to win the race on the th- he was on the three horse in the third race. Wow! And it, I should have bet everything. Oh yeah, everything I had. That was one way God talked to me. <laughs> he said. This is a divine message, idiot. I can't give you anything more than this. And I and I only had 20 across the board on him. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're, we will be seeing. Uh, I think so. You know, I think you'll see uh, a few jocks come back and come in. Uh, there'll be different trainers come in with the strings of horses, I'm sure. It, it, it's like this everywhere you go. Where there's money. They're they'll they'll, show, up. they'll, they'll, they'll fun, show up. They'll show up. You know, it's some a, of the guys at Chicago that don't want to run on the poly track, uh, and that place there, you know, their purses will go up as well, and their maiden special weights are going for like 30000 or 32000 now, whatever it is. And then uh, with the help of the Racino, uh, them purses will be bumped up. You'll see some big outfits show up there, and with the big outfit showing, they'll bring a jock or two with them. Your top dogs up there might not necessarily be the top dogs once some of these other riders show up, look at Ellis Park as a great example. You know, you've got Corey Lannery running, uh, riding, riding there full time. Uh, Le Peru comes on occasion. Um, John Court's there all the time now. Um, them guys from Kentucky, you know, they're going to go where the no, money's at. Of, of course, of course. Uh, uh, Mike, I, I guess it's a good time to be an agent uh, in horse racing at Fairmont Park and uh, around the world if, you, if you're part of the casino uh, type of outfit uh, at the track. Uh, how does one become an agent? How, I mean, how does one, uh, you know, look into something like this? Well, how I got started was uh, I was assistant for Kim Hammond for seven years, and uh, Pompel was riding here at Fairmont Park. And when Fairmont was over with, he was going to Hoosier. Right. And uh, Tommy and I was pretty good friends. He rode a lot of our horses and everything. And I asked him who was going to be his agent over there, and he said, nobody because I'm not going to be there real long. He said, I'm going to go down to Tampa before the meet ends at Hoosier and get ready for Tampa. And I said, I'd really like a shot just to, you know, be an Get agent. my feet wet, yeah. yeah. And he said, well, you can come and take my book. And uh, we did pretty good over there for no longer than he was there. And then uh, once he got to Tampa, he called me and asked me to come down there. And uh, we ended up third leading rider at the meet. And nothing to do with me. Uh, he rode first call for Don Rice, which always was winning the trainer's title down there. And uh, But once they see you in the winner's circle, people start calling. And, right. and that's how it kind of worked, you know, for me. 
but you know there's a test that you have to take and uh it's basic horsemanship you know uh, a lot of like the trainers test it's a lot to do with weights and sex allowances with the fillies against the boys right. uh knowing how to enter a horse which i knew from being a assistant trainer you know all that right. comes with that but uh it's it's a pretty good job i mean you've got your ups and downs you know your rider gets hurt and well know, that's kind of a bad deal and uh, it's like this too you almost have to I, I'm not ripping on you jockeys at all, all right, that listen to the show. But I, I'm saying it's almost like you have to pamper to your jock, too. You got to be the, his psychologist. You got to be his uh, businessman. You got you to gotta be a lot of things besides just an agent. I mean, you got to take care of this guy on um, any aspect that uh, you're seeing a little weakness on. Yeah, and you, you've got to, you know, you've got trainers uh, – by right, uh, they'll call the agent up and say, man, what a bad ride that was. You know, what was he thinking? Right. And you're kind of like the buffer between the jock and the agent. Of course. Or the jock and the trainer. Uh, you get fired. You get run out of stables. You know, if you ride a couple bad races. But the bottom line is, you know, the owners make this business go. The trainers work for that owner. Right. The trainer's not going to fire herself. The, the jock's going to be the one that gets fired. Right. And what you do then is this, you just sit back and, you know, try to find somewhere else, uh, somebody else to ride for. You know, uh, I've been fired from uh, some good stables with Indiana, even here at St. Louis. And, and probably Chicago. wasn't even in your hands to get no, fired. No, but, but you've got to look at, you know, the owners are paying the bills. And right. the trainers, like I said, they're not going to fire themselves. And I'm not saying that Jock never was at fault because they are at fault. They're human beings just like everybody right. else. And they, they get paid to go out there and make split-second decision, split decisions, and they're either going to go in, they're going to go out, they're going to take a hold. You know, they, they've got to make a decision going 35 mile an hour with a bunch of other people making right. the same decision. And it's... Uh, it's a lot of fun. You try to get along with everybody. There's certain people that, you know, just like in life. I mean, certain people you just don't get along with. As an owner, as an owner, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I always felt it wasn't my horse's fault. Right. It was always either my trainer yeah. brought him too early or too late or whatever, or it was a jock in the race. It was never, never my fault. I yeah. mean, if you take a shot at my horse, you're taking a shot at me. Right. And that, that's that, that's the way the owner's uh, mentality is. Yeah. So you, you almost have to flex up to whatever he's saying or she's saying about, uh, hey, you know what? It was your it was your jock's fault. Right. So, right. Uh, well, that brings me to my question here. Mike, as an agent, who do you listen to more? Do you listen to the jock or do you listen to the trainer whenever – uh, you know, the jock says, uh, you know, the horse didn't go, but then the trainer says to you, Hey, my horse was ready to go. My, my horse was fit, but you, your jock got in the, got in a bunch, got in the group there and, uh, didn't know how the hell to get out of it. And next thing you know, it costs us the race. Right. I understand what you're saying. Um, not to avoid the question by any chance, but I'm going to give you a good example. Um, my wife has a couple of horses of her own, and uh, one of them is Smart Alex's posse. Uh, he's 11 years old. Of course. Uh, every yeah. time he runs, he gives you 110%. And the last time that, they, uh, that she ran the horse, he didn't run at all, didn't fire at all. 
And Santiago was riding a horse, and uh, he told me later on that afternoon, he said, you know what, Mike? He said, I rode him five or six times, and he said he always gives you that one run, you know, and he said he never picked up the bit. He just was like he didn't want to run. And right away you start thinking, well, wonder what's going on, you know. And the next morning my wife said she checked the horse. He didn't have no heat, no need, no ankles. His feet was good. Uh, he ate pretty and they, good. They always say, not a pimple. Yeah, not a pimple on him. But – I told her, I said, well, you know what, let's draw blood. Let's draw blood and see where we're at with this horse. And we got the blood work back, and uh, it was he was off in a couple of different places. Uh, his thyroid was a little high. Um, he had some other levels. The glucose level was a little off. And uh, so now that she's treating him for that, and it explained why he didn't perform. Um, but if you don't do that, well, the trainer is going to say, well, he was ready. And the jock says, well, he just didn't fire. you got to listen to both sides, you know. But the bottom line is that jock is getting paid by that trainer and his owner to ride that horse. They're either going to make a switch or they're going to run him back in two or three weeks, and you'll see hopefully a difference. The horse will perform better. Right, right. Uh, you know, that brings me to this question here. How much of a black eye uh, does your jock get with a outfit with a – you know, let's say uh, he's he's hopped on the horse. They're re- reaching the starting gate, and next thing you know, he just hops off the horse, mm-hmm. and uh, he's uh, he says uh, this horse isn't fit. Now, this is where you come in because he he's now washed his hands with that horse, but mm-hmm. you have some explaining to do to that barn the next day or that night. Mm-hmm. Are you at? You're, you're saying the horse gets scratched. The horse gets scratched, okay. and let's say this is a horse that's uh, six to five or four to five, even. Right. Um, I've been kind of fortunate in the jocks that I've had with Pompel, Hernandez, Santiago. Um, they very rarely took the horse behind the gate to the state vet to say, hey, you know, you need to take a look at this horse. Therefore, when it does happen, it's usually pretty warranted. You know, uh, the vet will find something. Um, The trainers will get mad on occasion, some of them. But most of the guys that I deal with, 95% of the people that I deal with, guys and ladies, it didn't matter anyone training, um, they would rather for the jockey to be looking out for the horse's best interest, okay? The guys that are going to kick a bucket and call you up and cuss you out, um, I'm not saying they don't care about the horses because everybody does, but uh, they're, it's a heat of the moment. And I always give it 24 hours, usually. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I had one, I'm not going to mention his name, but I had one trainer call me a few years ago when I had Hernandez. And the horse run horrible. And I was watching it on the computer, and there's like a 20 or 30-second delay. Mm-hmm. And as the horses was turning for home when I was watching the race, got a phone call. I got my, my phone ring, and it was this trainer. And he read me the ride act, what kind of ride was that, blah, 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 blah. And I said, listen, I'll get a hold of Raphael, and I'll see what he says. So a half hour goes by, and I get a hold of Raphael. He had that one race off. And he said, Mike, he said, when the horse broke from the gate, excuse me, he broke outwardly. And when he broke outwardly, he banged his right front against the iron piece of the gate there. And he said he just didn't feel right, so I just more or less galloped him around just to protect the horse. 
And so I called the trainer back and told him, and I explained to him what he said, and he still was very upset. And he said, well, my assistant is watching him cool out, and he can't see anything wrong. Right. And I said, well, only thing I can tell you is what, what the, the jock, jock told, told me. me. And about 15 minutes after that, he called me back, and he was apologizing. The adrenaline had wore off the horse, you know what I mean? And he was starting to limp, and they had the vet down there checking him out. Oh, wow. So even though he did raise seven kinds of heck, you know, with me on the phone, he he appreciated the fact, you know, what happened. That's, you know what, that's that's fine. But uh, before the race, though, mm-hmm. I mean, now you're questioning the trainer. The trainer says, my horse was in good shape. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with my horse. My uh, The entire week, I haven't seen anything on my horse. And all of a sudden, this jock gets off my horse. Who the hell is he to get off my horse before they get in the gate? Now, mm-hmm. that, that's where I'm going with it. And uh, it's okay. it, it, it's really difficult for, I guess that's where you get paid, because yeah. uh, now you have to answer to that. And you just said uh, with your three uh, three jocks that you've had in the past, you, you haven't dealt with anything like right. that. That's uh, good. Yep. So. Anyway, anyway, let's move on here. I, I made a list of questions here, Brian, for the guy. So, uh, you know, I, I know you're looking at my questions and uh, jumping in on this, but, uh, hey, I got it all. Uh, you got to have public communication skills. I yes. mean, you got to have that. You got to deal with that. Uh, you got, you've got situations where jock and trainer go after each other. Uh, do you have anything like that, or do you have jocks and uh, uh, jocks going after each other too? And that you have to—it's almost like you guys have to. The agents have to stop, step in there and take care of this. If the, if they don't, uh, this could get out of hand. Yeah, uh, as far as the jocks and the trainers, uh, I haven't had any really issues that way. It's it's always clear cut. If the trainer and the jock don't get along, the trainer you, you just move fires up. the fires the jock, and right. you don't ride for him. Uh, but what about the jock room and uh, jocks there, don't get along and all that? That there, it's uh, it's they get into it a lot. Uh, some of them it's more publicized than others, but it goes back to the uh, you've heard the football players when they're playing against one another, they dress in different locker rooms. Basketball players, right. baseball players. Um, can you imagine having the Cowboys and the Redskins sharing the same shower? You know, there's gonna no, there's uh, gonna be there there, there there's gonna be fist fights even and there's going to be arguments there's going to be this guy saying this guy and it, it's it's really i've always wondered that too mike they dress really, together and everything yes, yeah. yes but uh i mean i've had two jocks at the same time that didn't like one another i i, I was the agent of both jocks and one of them was a really good jock and the other one was a pretty good jock too and it got to the point that one would call me complaining about the other one, then that one would call me complaining about the first one. And I just got them in the truck one day. And I said, listen, I don't care if you guys don't like each other or not. You're here to do a job, do the job, and just move on. Now, there's got to be a hint of that, though, that a rider two, jock two, mm-hmm. let's call him B-jock here, mm-hmm. that gets a little offended that you mm-hmm. keep bringing up uh, – you keep putting on the six to five horse on jock A, and mm-hmm. you c- keep putting me on the seven and two or four to one or five to one horse. Well, I'll say this much: jock A was Hernandez. 
Yeah, I thought that. Jock B can be replaced. As simple as that. Yeah. Especially here at Fairmont Park. Um, whenever I had a second ride, I had Lyndall Wells a long time with sure. Rafael Hernandez. And Lyndall was, uh, he's rode all of his life. You know, he was up close to 50 when I had him. And he appreciated being able to ride the second calls that Hernandez couldn't ride because he knew if he wasn't sitting in that position that he probably was going to be sitting in the jocks room. And that's not a knock against Lindell. But whenever you have two jocks that are close to the same caliber, you're exactly right. The one that's getting the seconds is really Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. It, 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 you've got to walk a tight line there. Uh, and I can say this for Hernandez, and I can also say it for Victor Santiago. I've had both of them come up to me at different times saying, hey, you know, uh, at the time when I had Victor and uh, Isaiah De Leon, he said, hey, listen, see if you can get Isaiah on this horse. You know, he's got a wife and he's got a family to feed. You know, let him let him ride this horse. That's that very time. cool. Uh, and when they would ride doubles for Scott Becker, which Scotty <laughs> runs a lot of horses, you know, and a lot of times right. he's got two in a race. Uh, Victor was always glad to see Isaiah win a race when he rode for because Azale worked for it too because whenever we needed help working horses Azale I always got Azale to work the horses and Scotty is very good about throwing you a bone they call it you know and Scotty Becker folks has the biggest I mean he's got the nicest barn he's got the nicest horses out there that have run a big uh big uh, made in special weights and all that in uh Mm -hmm. Chicago and and they come here, uh, you know, when um, they're getting their bus kicked around a little bit up there, or they're doing good up there too. And there's allowance race down here or stakes race down here. That's when uh, they run into the Victors and the Rafael Hernandez and all that. So that that's that's the type of outfit that Scotty Becker's got. And he's got a guy riding for him uh, a lot this year, actually, and uh, he helps him in the morning, Arietta. I, right. I've noticed, I know you guys have noticed. You know, Rainier's having a really good year. Yes, and Scotty's you know, helping him, you know, giving him horses to ride. And uh, there was a race a few weeks ago, uh, Gone Ghost and Gita's Lad. And on paper, Gone Ghost couldn't get beat. Right. Well, Victor rode Gone Ghost, which he always rides Gone Ghost at at Fairmont. Right. And, uh, you know, Gita's Lad beat him. Right. And, you know, that makes that kid feel good. Sure. You know, and it makes everything go easier. But uh, this is the first year I've seen in a long time, Mike, that you're seeing competitive jocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, it, it seems like they all have a little bit of a testosterone in them to where they mm-hmm. feel that they can get the job done for the barn. A couple of years back, it wasn't like that. You mean when Hernandez was here? Yeah. Well, it was, it was I don't want to say an unfair advantage, but... Uh, Raphael was kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime jock for an agent to have because Raphael, I could have two or three horses I knew was going in the same race. You didn't have to pick the best horse. Could it be that or could it be the other way around where everything just dropped off after Raphael Hernandez? Well, you know, that's a good question. That is a very good question because when Raphael was riding, we had another rider here called Rohan Singh, and Rohan had uh, he's won a lot of races in his life. He was a little older, 
but he, he was a cagey rider. You know, he knew how to ride. Right. He knew he knew how to read the program, study the horses. And when they do that, them guys mark their program every night, most of them, not all of them. But, and, and then they look and see who's riding this in particular horse. Well, this horse maybe likes the inside. This in particular jock that's on him that night might not want to be down on the rail all the time. He might be a little uncomfortable down there. The, the good, smart jocks will take advantage of that, and they study that. Right. And um, I think the riding colony this year, uh, there's not a lot of changes. The, the Simpson boys come in. Uh, he's doing a good job. Molina's having a tremendous amount or a meet this year. That Ortiz. Ortiz, you know, uh, when that kid come, I uh, had a couple of guys call me and wanted me to take his book, and I'd never heard of him. And I didn't know that he'd only rode one year before. You know, I didn't take the time to look him up because I'm, I'm just working you for Victor. You overlooked him. Well, I overlooked him a little bit, but me and Victor's got an agreement. I've just got him for this year. Just going to have one rider. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, that kid's. He's going to be okay, and he's doing a good job. Uh, even you know, even Thurman Elizabeth, Elizabeth has stepped well, up. Well, that's what I was getting ready to tell you too. And this and this is all just my opinion. This is you know everybody can take it for what it's worth, but she has improved tremendously from the last year and a half that she's rode. Uh, she's always rode a good, smart race, in my opinion. Uh, but when she was first starting off, I think she might have been trying to override the horses a little bit. Uh, and every jock has that problem at times. In other words, they're riding the horse faster than what the horses are actually running. Right. Uh, she's adjusted to that, especially the last couple of months. And she's really doing a good job. Javier Diego... He had a little bit of a slow start, but he's picked it up uh, in the last couple of months. Um, I don't think uh, anymore, I, I, you know, I try to grade everything on a curve no matter what you're doing. Uh, I think that it's a pretty com- competitive group. You know, and Victor, he wasn't here the first, uh, I don't know, six, seven, eight days of the meet. And uh, I think that kind of gave a lot of people uh, – it got their confidence. Uh, you know, they, they was all winning races here, you know, and by the time he got here. And, you know, they're not going to sit here and deny. The first thing they do, I'll guarantee you, every day when they go into the jocks room, they look at the jock standings. Yeah. And, you know, I, and that's human nature. And no no shot at Hernandez at all because that used to be my jockey when I had my horses. But when, when you got group like uh, you got – Molina, you got Santiago, you got Ortiz, you got Simpson, you got Arietta, you got Tavares, you got Diego, uh, Thurman. Uh, I mean, there's another kid there that's improved a lot this year. It's Tavares. Tavares, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, you, you hear him all the time, and he's what? He's at what percentile right now? He's at uh, uh he's at nineteen percent win. Co- yep. That's a damn good win yep. uh, win percentage. Yep, it is. I, I, I'm telling you, Micah. Even if you bring in the Raphaels back and the Pompels and uh, whoever comes here, I think these guys are not going to go away, and I think these guys are going to be really competing good here. I think uh, Fairmont Park is setting up something really good here. Right. Yeah, I, I, I really I agree. agree. Uh, as an agent, though, what, what do you look for? I, I should have asked you this before, but what do you look for when you're out there and uh, you want – Brian to ride your, I mean, just a jock. How do you find a jock? How, how do, you got to put everything in one uh, right. egg right there and Nestor right there. That, that's that's going to be your jock. Yeah, yeah. You, 
How do you find that one jock? Well, uh, I guess the best way to answer this is when Hernandez left, I got a phone call, and it was in August. And he said, Wesley Ward called, and he wants me to go ride for him at Kentucky Downs. And he said, I wanna, I'm going to go ahead and leave now and uh, start working with him and an agent. That there, to, that was a blow right there. You know, you get a phone call like that, and that's your, you know, I worked for him for seven years. Yeah. And it was a What the hell do I do? Yeah. And so I grabbed, uh, I had another jock then at the time. I can't remember even who in the heck it was. But I also grabbed uh, Uriel Lopez. And he's been off this year. He had a show. He's coming show, back. Yeah, he's on Horses Tuesday. And uh, I grabbed him for the last part of the meet, and then uh, I didn't know what I was going to do all winter. I didn't know. Matter of fact, I was thinking about quitting being an agent and doing something else. But I called a good friend of mine in uh, New Jersey. His name is Jason Bidas, and he had uh, Jose Lascano for years in, in New York. Sure. Stream, uh, good rider. Top damn good, rider. yeah. And me and Jason got to be friends in Tampa. And I said, listen, I'm looking for a jock that, uh, you know, number one is good character. I, I got to have somebody with good character and that can ride. But to find both to come here was almost impossible to find. Of course. Well, him and Victor was good friends. And Victor was riding in New York. And he didn't have an agent. And he wasn't riding a lot. But he was running he, out of million He ran dollars. in Delaware, too, a little bit. Yeah, he rode to Delaware New York. Uh, he rode to Saratoga. He won four or five races at Saratoga one year. Um, and he had a wife and, and kids. And he said, Mike, he said, you need to call this kid. I'll talk to him. He's a friend of mine. He can win races there. And, you know, you guys maybe do good together. Mm-hmm. So I did. And it's been a good did ride. Did you do since. a little background check on him by no, watching any no, races? No, uh, I, I watched a few races. He'd won three grade three races. And to come here, that's all it took for me because I knew he could ride. And I looked at some of the guys that he rode for, Terry McLaughlin. Uh, he rode a few for Mott. Uh, and you didn't have to look very much farther. Right. Um, but the horses that he was riding at that time, he was at Parks, I think, then, too. Uh, it was 40 to 1, 50 to 1. You know, them horses like that, usually on the average, don't have a shot. You right. Know? But uh, when I got him, it was, no, it, it he's was a, a great good kid. He's a good I, guy why do I say a, good kid? He's, he's just a, he's a good human being, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's but great. But a lot, a lot of people don't have that luxury of getting a phone call. I mean, do you just, uh, for these people, do they, these agents, do they just knock the door, uh, and see, see who's out there? Or? Well, the riders and the agents that are here now have been here for a while. You know, Uriel's always had Gary Couric, uh, Mark's always got Molina and another rider, whoever, I think now he's got Ortiz. Um, Spike McMillan, he's got uh, Javier Diego and Elizabeth. Um, and there's only a couple of riders that don't have an agent, but them guys are there to draw to cover their own business. So it's sure. all working out pretty good for everybody. Let's do a little mathematics here, okay? Uh, right. we've, got, um, we've got an invader. Mm-hmm. We've got an invader coming in. Mm-hmm. Looks like a lock, Mike. He's uh, one at Oakland Park, 15 open, mm-hmm. uh, taking on – it's a handicap. Let's throw a handicap. We got. I'm gonna try to make it as tough for you as I can here. All right. Uh, they want your Victor Santiago on okay. this horse. All right. But you know what? 
Becker says, uh, I got a horse here that could uh, compete. I don't think so on this one. I, I don't think this horse is, can beat this horse here. And, you know, a trainer's always high on this horse. Of course he's going to say that. But when you look at the PPs, this horse has run at Keeneland, finished second in a stakes race, and uh, he's run uh, Oakland Park. He's run open at 25,000, finishing second. Uh, no two life, no three life behind it. This this is an open horse. This, this, he's got some war marks on him. He's ready to roll. Right. It, he just come here for the money and get a workout and get the hell back out of here. Now he wants your he wants you to, your jockey mm-hmm. Santiago. Right. But you're with uh, you uh, you're you're in cahoots with uh, the Becker camp. What do you do? Simple. Anybody at the racetrack will know the answer to this. Uh, in 2012. This is a nice race, Mike. You're going to get paid I, in full. I don't care. All right. Uh, in 2012, I told the man, I'll ride first call for you, and that means the good ones and the bad ones. And I don't take off his horses. If he wants the rider, he's got the rider. Now, ask me that same question, and it's not Scott Becker. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I, I get that too. I'm going to uh, ride the best horse then. But uh, when I give a guy first call, I give a guy first call. All right. Okay. That that sounds fair. That definitely sounds fair. And here's fair. a way to look at that. How much is that race worth? 100000 Uh, Let's say 50000 50000 Okay. My cut out of that's 900 winning jock mount 30% to the agent. Uh-huh. $900. Okay. I make a lot more money than that with Scott Becker throughout the year. What if, though? What if the, then your jock says... I don't care what the jock says. You don't care? No. Because that, that goes back and that jock, to that question. And that jock, don't ever ask that question. Okay. That was my next question. The same question I asked earlier. Who do you listen to? Do you, do you listen to the jock or do you listen to the trainer? And you always said the trainer. Always. All right. Because that's who you're working for. Even though that jock's paying you, he's paying you to do your job. And your job making your percentages make them kind of decisions. I don't tell him how to ride. He don't tell me how to do an, be an agent. All right. Okay. Sounds great. I, I had, uh, I wanted to know more about agents, so I put it out there on Facebook. I went to Henry's Horse Racing Handicapping Group on Facebook, and uh, Neil Hetched uh, asked this question. New York Racing Association has a rule that allowed an agent to handle the book of one journeyman and one apprentice. How's that work here with your Illinois? One journeyman and one apprentice. Same. Yep. Indiana, it's two journeymen and a, a apprentice. Okay. So you can have three riders over there. Illinois, you can have two. Does this work? Uh, are each state individual, or do they yes. all work in cahoots with one another? Most of them are two riders. Okay. Period. But not all of them. I don't know for sure, besides Indiana, whoever, whoever else carries that rule. But I know Indiana, you're allowed three if one of them's an apprentice. Right. Now you can't have two apprentices. You like can't. You, you cannot. If you got two riders and but you cannot have two apprentices. Okay. All right. That's great to know. Thank you so much, Neil Hatched from uh, that's New York. Uh, he was wondering uh, about that question, and that comes from Henry's Horse Racing Handicapping Group, my mm, friends. Okay. Uh, Mike. Uh, I think I've taken enough of your time with the agents. All right. Work there. Uh, you want to help me handicap uh, this Tuesday? And, folks, this Tuesday, the governor of Illinois will be at our racetrack. How about that, Brian? Sounds good to me. 
Uh, Brian, give us a little bit of a positive note on the weather coming in. I mean, we've had a crappy weather today. We've had some rain today, yeah. Not just some. It's been pretty shitty out, to be honest with you. Talk to us. Tell us uh, there's something good for us tomorrow. Well, there will be no rain tomorrow. That's my man. And it won't rain for a good while uh, before that. How about tonight? Will there be uh, rain tonight? From what I've seen, no rain overnight. Okay, good. Uh, it'll be a high of 83, so it won't be hot out. Uh, and it'll, it'll be, be fast uh, mostly sunny, and it and it says that it'll be pleasant. So, All right. All right. God bless. All, all, right. all good stuff going on tomorrow. So, Mike, we can uh, eliminate the slop. Okay. And uh, we've got the governor coming in. Right. We've got some good races put together here by Roger. All right. So uh, let's go to race number one here. Race number one. We've got a... Uh, claiming 3,200, six furlong for fillies and mares. What do we got here? I went with a four horse. Shame on the night. Uh, trying to be as unbiased as I possibly can. Uh, Santiago rides for Scalcion. Uh, she made her second start back uh, last uh, two weeks ago uh, off of a pretty long layoff. She'd been off since August the 7th of last year. She ran on July the 2nd and back again two weeks ago on the 16th. Ran a respectable third, got beat two and a quarter lengths. Um, this filly has a little quirk to her. She, uh, doesn't really like being on the inside of horses, but she's drew kind of like in the middle of the pack now. And maybe when he makes his run to tomorrow that, uh, she'll be out in the clear and be able to redeem herself. Uh, for second, I went with the five brown shoes and Tavares for Frank Randazzo. This filly just beat shame on the night, uh, last start by head. And for third... I'm going to go with Starship Brooklyn uh, with Arietta for Daniel O'Halloran. All right. I, I, I don't know how the hell uh, your guy can beat this five. The last two times, uh, convincingly taking care of business here. I, Brown Shoes, I think, is the standout here. I think Brown Shoes gets the job done, closes well every time. The last, uh, what, five or six here? Has been closing good. I I, I just uh, I shame on the night. Last two, uh, I I could say okay. Last one was on slop. I get it. Third place, but the the one before them was a fast track, and it took fifth behind Brown Shoes. Brown Shoes got second there too. Uh, I, I I I just don't see Brown Shoes losing this one. I got Brown Shoes at eight to five here, uh, beating Shame on the night. Uh, Really, I, I I don't I don't know about shame on the night here is even my second favorite here. I I'm gonna back off the second choice. I'm if if you're getting a daily double or a pick three from me, just take the five here and run with it. That's my call, and you're going with the four. Yes, all day. Uh, all day. Wow, yeah. that was a that was a big shot there. All yeah. day on that one. Well, I'm looking at the stats and. Well, I'm know, looking at that. What the hell do you think I'm looking at here? Well, I, I, this filly I'm picking, she's 11 for 47 in her life, and the filly you're picking is 2 for 40. Yeah, but I, I'm saying, though, I, this horse here, Brown Shoes, is taking care of business with shame on it. Well, this is what horse racing is all That's about. That's right. This is what it's all about. You know, you don't find us at a casino Guys sitting around the blackjack table yeah. talking like this. Yeah. This is what yeah, it's all about. We're, we're debating over 9 to 5 and 8 to 5. Yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> kidding. All right, let's move on to race number two here. Race number two, we got allowance optional claiming 12-5. Uh, 
And um, this is for three-year-olds and upward, which uh, have never won three races or optional claiming 12-5. So what do we got here? Well, i tell you what. This race here was tough. When I looked at it, uh, I, I kind of like the, the two-horse American Heritage, uh, Pompel with uh, Juan Molina. I like the uh, Scott Becker horse. You never can throw him out with Arietta. He's just coming off a win in a two-life race. Uh, ran a nice number, too. Yeah, I ran a nice number, ran a 79-speed index. Um, I think he's going to be in the hunt. American Heritage, I don't know what happened last time at uh, Chicago, but he broke bad for some reason. Oh, it says hopped at the start. Uh, Molina is going to get him out. He's going to be probably head-in-head head with the lead with the outside horse, the six. Mike, can I, can I hold you up for one minute and yeah. ask you about city position? Mm -hmm. The last time out, though, it won – it won on three quarter, uh, one by three quarter, but it ran a two life. Now, how much stock do you put in there? Uh, not a lot. Uh, just for the simple fact that the camp that it's coming out of, you've seen Scott claimed him back for twelve five. Uh, he lost him for fifteen. If you look down seven or eight races, and uh, D Polis, I think, had the horse at the time that when Scotty took him back, and. Uh, He's seen something in the horse, remembered something about the horse. Uh, evidently, the horse hates the poly track. And uh, Scott claimed him for a reason. I mean, he, kn he knew that he wasn't going to come back and just win one race or he wouldn't have wasted the time. Uh, I, I just got a lot of confidence in that camp, of course, and I think Arietta will get the job done again on him. I just think he's the best horse. All right. I'm, uh, I'm on uh, Stallone. I'm on Stallone, and that's Obermeyer and Rattana. Um, I just think the the way this horse likes to go to the front here, and it's run at this level three times, and all three times, very respectable. And uh, I think Stallone is right there. I think Cousin D Dario. You Fast got, horse. Fast that? horse. The front's going to be crowded. Yeah. Yeah, the front's going to be crowded for sure. But I, I'm looking at the horses that, uh, with me as a better, I always look at the horses that have run a um, little bit more on the open side. You got the last two from um, Stallone that uh, it's not a two-life. He's seen a little bit more uh, on the open side there. I, I think that, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm buying into Stallone. I'm buying into Stallone. I, I would have liked to... Uh, see a little bit uh, on the horses that like to come from behind, and I don't really have that here. I, I don't have horses that like to come from behind. And besides, you know, I'm going to throw this out there, and Walter Johnson, uh, he's always been known to pull some upsets here. He moved this horse up from uh, claiming 4,000 on the three life. Mm -hmm. He brought it all the way. He, he very confidently brought it all the way up to allowance optional claiming 12.5, and the horse – Definitely ran uh, in the trifecta there. Got third, right. uh, you know, and it, and it had problems at the start too. So, you know what? Uh, if you guys want to throw that out there in your trifecta, uh, feel free because you got you got no true closer in this race. You're you're right there. There's not a closer in the race. I just think that city position can sit off the pace, but American Heritage, Stallone, and Cousin Dario. They'll be bebopping down the backside. Yeah. And if you guys want a little price, uh, throw in that WW Russian gold there. 
because the the barn's very confident with this horse. They wouldn't have moved it up that level, and the horse responded to it. Right. All right. All right, let's move on to the third race here. Third race, we got a claiming 4,000, six furlongs for fillies and mares. What do we have here, Mike? Now, this race was pretty tough, too, to pick uh, just to single a winner out. But I, I'm going to give you an exact box here. I'm going to go uh, uh, the three and the four. Uh, exacta box uh, shrimp the four horse she's been nothing but consistent in her last well my goodness one two three four eight nine starts she's been one two three four arkansas traveler i don't know what happened two starts ago but she woke up run a good number one by six came right back into three life and only got beat a length and a quarter by last surprise uh, horse of manly's um, i just like them two horses i don't uh, I know the uh, one horse, Lucky Mrs. Bond, is picked to win. Um, I don't know. I just don't like the rail. I don't. I don't like anything about this. Uh, she might run third. Uh, Mike Durham's got. She's a mine shaft babe. Uh, he's pretty confident because he's going in a three life race with a two life horse. But she did break her maiden for nine thousand, which is something to think about. So uh, I look at them three horses and possibly an upset running in there would be she's a mine shaft babe. I like she. I and uh, before this uh, whole conversation here, I had she's a mineshaft babe. Uh, but here, here's my thing. I just do not like to see a horse coming off a maiden win into a new field. Mm-hmm. And, and I look at that. And uh, the horse I'm looking at, I'm I'm taking the pedigree here, and I'm taking the five. I'm taking the who's in tell? What what's in that? How do you spell? Who, who's essential? Who's essential? Mm-hmm. And the, that that's it, Brian. Who's essential? That that's the that's the horse I'm looking at, and I'm looking at this one, running open. Most exp- it has the best resume mm-hmm. uh, on this with uh, seeing uh, much more um, better competition. Better horses, yeah. So I think uh, right now you're dropping this horse in class here. I think this horse has its way here. I mm-hmm. really do. I I like what I'm seeing here. Last time out. Didn't really get drilled. No. He ran for uh, 62, uh, 62.50 at, uh, on synthetic at Arlington Park. And I think it sets up a real good one here for, uh, for this horse coming down. I think uh, when, the, uh, when the smoke clears, this horse could be 6-1 to one or 8-1. to one. Could be. And uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm jumping on this one here. I, I, I don't like seeing a two-life horse taking on an open horse like this. I think who's, who's essential is going to make some head waves here. Okay. All right. That's uh, that's the route I'm going here. Uh, going to race number four. Race number four, we got a starter allowance, or I'm sorry, starter optional claiming race here. Six for a long, 62.50. And, uh, again, fill me in. Uh, I'm going to go with the outside, uh, Darlin Rosie for Randazzo and his owner, Merritt Hudson. They claim this mare for uh, 10000 off Ravelli at Arlington Park. Uh, she's been running really good numbers. Uh, her dirt figures mixes good with the poly track. Uh, I don't think she cares what she runs on. Um, got Juan Molina, got the leading rider, got the call. Uh, I just think this filly's got good tactical speed. Uh, matter of fact, I think she'll be right there on the front end, and I think should handle this bunch pretty easily, to be honest with you. Uh, for second, uh, I went with Teddy's other horse, Kalispell, with Javar Simpson. Uh, this mare's done nothing but win and run second and third most of her life. 
I seen this mare run at Mahoning Valley when I was over there this past winter, and uh, uh, I don't know what the guy's name was that had her. I can't remember. Uh, Hutch Ozapple had her up there, too, it was. And uh, this is a nice mare as well. Uh, I think she'll be running late, even though she does show a little bit of speed uh, sprinting. Uh, I think she'll still be able to take a good position back there and come on for second. And for third, I use the one, Gerald Butler's uh, Kipper Doodle. Uh, I think she'll be fighting for second and third with the. Uh, All right, Mike. Here, here, here's a question. Here's a question that, uh, as a handicapper, as a better out there, I, I, I'd like to get your perspective here. A uh, parte mm-hmm. has beaten on the last time out, beaten Cali Spell. Mm-hmm. Okay, how much stock do you put into that? I I, I look at that, and the, that that it's kind of like a car racing another car. If it beat them one time in a drag race, you're you're going to say, "Well, of course it's going to beat it again." Well, t- tell me, get me off that mode. Well, looking at the race, I know for a fact that uh, Griffin wanted to enter this mare uh, two days after she was entered for this past race. In other words, he told me to enter this mare uh, on a, on a Tuesday. And when we was drawn Friday, she came out. And the owner must have entered the horse. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they found in her. She ran a really, really good race last time, uh, only getting beat two and a half lengths to She's a Hot Mama. And my darling Sophia was in there. And my darling Sophia has always been, uh, you know, she's always picked to win or run second. This mare went off at 11 to 1. The public didn't really like her that day. I don't know if... uh, Cali Spell uh, might have had a bad day the last time she run. Who knows? I mean, that's like I was telling you with Alex. You know, sometimes there's something going on with a horse and you don't know it until you do something about it, you know, draw blood or whatever. But uh, I, she's got to do it two times in a row for me to believe that she's a better horse than Cali Spell. And right now I think Cali Spell is the better of the two. Right, right. I can see what you're saying. I could definitely see what my pick. Uh, my top horse here is uh, Darlin' Rosie, folks. And uh, if you're running your uh, uh, pick four here, I like to start it off with a single, save you some money, and let's go with the six on top of our pick four. You agree on that? Yep. yep. So let's uh, let's go with our pick four. Uh, let's go with the the six horse here. And I, I agree with you. Darling Rosie right now, I mean, it run, run open at Hawthorne this year and uh, very respectable, very respectable. And that the, when you're running uh, open at uh, 8000 or something like that, what's that equivalent to on a, on a tag, uh, on, a, on, let's say, uh, on a two-life or three-life? You're, you're looking at maybe fifteen, sixteen thousand, maybe? You mean compared to Chicago yeah. over here? Yeah. Uh, Eight thousand tag in Chicago is probably a a good solid entry level allowance at Fairmont. Right, right. That, that's that's what I would say too. So uh, yeah, I'm going with the six horse on top here, Darlin' Rosie. As uh, and you know what? I'm I'm not. I I got too many suspects here. I could even make a case for. Uh, the three horse here, Tap and Fire, and uh, this this horse has been. Uh, I mean, if you throw that one uh, on May eighteenth out of there, 
May 18th or May or May 28th. Besides that, uh, we don't know what the hell this horse is going to. On uh, on dirt, it's ran 10 times. I know you're seeing synthetic and turf on paper here uh, on, on our charts, but on dirt, 10 starts and 6, six out of 10, it's run uh, 4 and 2. Right. It, it, it's run 6 out of 10, finishing first or second. Yeah. So uh, it, it's an invader here that's uh, not even being looked at, but it's got some solid numbers. Right, it does. So, uh, you know, 6 to 1. Uh, I'm telling you right now, this is wide open, but the 6 seems like uh, it may be the front runner here, and a- anything goes after that. I mean, if anyone tries to talk you out of any play here, just don't listen to them. I, I, I would pick whatever the hell I want here. Yep. All right, race number five, race number five. We're, we're going long here. We're going a mile 70, claiming 4,000 for uh, uh, three-year-olds and upwards, which have never won two races. What do we have here, Mike? This race, to me, is uh, it's really hard to pick. Uh, the horse I like the best is the six-horse aggro crag, but he's run. this will be his third start in three weeks. I just can't get over that fact. Uh, I don't know. He uh, got DQ'd last time. He drifted at the uh, 16th pole, bumped a rival. How much does uh, that take? I, I know you've been involved in, the, you know, training horses as well. What you just mentioned a minute ago, how much does that take out of a horse? I see O'Halloran do it. It it pulls me off of that horse. He did it with a pink. Uh, what, pink for me. Pink for me. And I, yeah. I, I said, I can't play it. I got to play his other horse, Lake Snow. Lake Snow seemed like it had the rest. Lake Snow didn't even want to uh, race that day. Pink for me, though, did, and it didn't have the rest. I mean, how much does that play in? I know in harness racing, it doesn't play anything. Well, I think it, it all is, it's all about the individual. You know, some horses can take it, and some horses just can't do it. Uh, a lot of times with the old class horses, it's got a few problems. Uh, you've got to space their races out three or four weeks to get them at, you know, 100%. Uh, some of these younger horses... I don't think it – I don't read a lot more into it with the younger horses because, you know, they don't have the – I would the, think it's the opposite way. The The older horses are now just familiar with that pain. They they work with it. They they just know how well, to work with it. The ones that run hard, it takes them a few days to recover. Right. You know? They get – look at us. older we get, the harder it is to get out of bed. You got that right. Uh, what did Toby Keith say? He's as good as he once was, but only one time or however the hell that song went. <laughs> Do you remember that, Brian? I'm sorry. I am not an avid follower of country music. Was so, that country? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I brought you into I, this I know what song you're talking about. I just can't recall any of the lyrics. <laughs> but it, it pertains to this, I can tell you. it. The old horses, they uh, they the old class horses, they run hard every time. Right. Know? Uh, these younger horses, I'm going to go ahead and pick Agro Crag for the simple fact I think he is the best horse in the race, and it really hurts me to say he's one for 46 in his life. It just goes back against what I was arguing with you earlier. But uh, I like the two Barton attack. I think he's got a shot at eight to one, and I can't throw Cox out every really time. Really closed Cox, well last time out, yeah. by the way, Barton attack. And every time John Cox has got something in, you guys got to look at that because he's. He's solid every time he runs. And money, he's got this horse him. on the drop, Mike. Uh, yeah. And it, it, I mean, you can make a little excuse uh, for this horse. It got bumped uh, three wide. And l- let me ask you this with your jock. Um, 
Does your jock, uh, Victor, when, when you know you're out of it, when you know you're out of it, uh, we talked about this a couple times on the show, do you fight your ass off to get third or fourth, or do you just uh, say, you know what, I don't have it today. I'm, why, why beat the hell out of this horse when I could ride him a couple weeks from now? Well, that's a real good question. And uh, that, that plays a perspective on the PPs yes, because you see it on the And there's paper. nothing that aggravates me more than anything to see a rider that wraps up on a horse when he could have been third and get uh, 10% of the purse and saves it for a rainy day. He just couldn't win. Uh, that's one thing that I just can't stand. Uh, they got to ride to the wire. Uh, I think they should be fined more for not riding to the wire. It's not good for the owners. Uh, you know, if you're running for $9,000 and you can be third, but you're fourth because the jock says, you know what, I can't win it. $900 is... But what if you're eighth and you're running for fourth? I mean, you you still want him to beat the shit out of that horse? I, I I'm not saying whip and drive and carry on. Uh, stay down. Keep their ass down. Ride past the wire. It's two more jumps. Point. Uh, it, it, it happens with all of them. I don't know why. Uh, we spent a, a short period of time at Mountaineer, and the first thing I did was get the condition book when I got out there. And I showed it to the rider. Um, riders get 10% of the purse, of the winning purse, 5% uh -huh. uh, per second. Third gets uh, $70. Uh, fourth gets $65, fifth gets $60, and from sixth back, they all got regular jock mounts, which was 55 or 50, whatever the jock mount was. Uh -huh. That gives them more incentive to ride through the wire. Um, the jocks, not just one, not just a handful. Uh, in my opinion, I know that ambulances chases them. That's what they always say. It's the only sport that an ambulance chases you around the racetrack or at your, game, at your trade. But that's what they do. And they get 10%. The trainer gets 10%. You know, they work all day. Uh, I think the riders are a little pampered. Uh, the stewards should find them. There's no excuse for them to stand up before the wire. I've lost stables because of that in 15 years. Uh it's an ongoing problem to me that is, is it just, this really Pisses ticks you me off. off you were know? about to say piss you off. Um, you could say there, babe. It, and it just, uh, they should just ride through the wire. Okay. Simple as I can say. All right. Okay. Well, uh, that, you got a strong conviction on that. I, I had originally aggro Craig, but you know what? More I look at this, I'm looking at key voyage here. Key voyage, uh, the eight horse. Had problems at the start, mm -hmm. and this horse still uh, came on, and uh, it, I think it's at the level now to where uh, it just ran its claiming 4,000. I look at horses that have run maiden claiming. I think this horse right now, to me, Pompel, will have Elizabeth Thurman, and Thurman loves to kick it in at stretch. I, I mean, I, I, see, I see a lot of jacks, but when I see Thurman – 
work the stretch. I mean, she'll find a crack and she'll take full advantage of it. And I like Mike, I tell you what, uh, I know that uh, they both raced on July 20th, but uh, I, I'm looking at Key Voyage here for my price. I think Key Voyage will get probably a 9 to 2, 4 to 1, possibly a 6 to 1. But you know what? I definitely have your Agro Craig in this uh, as my pick four. I'm going to have the six in it with the. With the eight horse, I think the eight horse had problems last time out, and I get it. I get it. Uh, they both haven't had uh, rest more than what a week and a half, not right. even a week and a half. Right. So I think that Key Voyage, uh, I just, I just don't like what I seen last time out. It stumbled at the start, and that's big on a horse. Oh yeah, especially and, a horse that got speed. Yeah, and the, this horse comes back and uh, finishes aggressive like you just said a minute ago that you like to see uh you like to see your jock right through that uh finish line and uh, that's what we had here with uh and i think the thurman uh takes care of business here i i I like thurman uh, with uh key voyage uh possibly with the six so i got the four i mean i mean i got the six with the eight here what what about you that's what i just went through you got the six and eight yeah oh really yeah uh, you know what? These Bloody Marys have taken over. <laughs> All right, so I got the six and the eight. So we've singled uh, the first race, right? Right. So with the six. So now we've got two in this leg. Uh, let's go with uh, race number race number six there. Mm-hmm. Race number six, we got a allowance optional claiming 5,000. And uh, what do you got here, babe? It's, it's just... A no-brainer. Roski, and you can turn the page. Roski! Roski, I tell you what, this horse doesn't disappoint the fans, does he? No. I mean, no. every time, last five races here, my friends, last five races, one, two, three, four, four out of the last five, Roski's taken over here. Yeah. And I don't think uh, Roski's going to look back. You say Roski? I've always called him Roski. Roski, Roski. Winner. That's winner, winner, best. chicken dinner yeah. for Roski. Or Roski. Yeah, uh, Last time I put on a clinic, uh, you know what? Let's single this horse here. Yeah, what about someone that wants to play a, a cold-cut exacta with the four? What do you got? Sunny Storm, the six. The five. The five, I'm sorry. Yeah, the yeah, five horse. The five horse. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, you're definitely bringing in a horse that's dropping in price here. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with this. And he run with much, much much better last time spectacular road he's probably thirty thousand dollar horse hide the green it's a nice horse and peacock man and there's no spectacular road hide the green or peacock man in here you think frankie randazzo's horse cool ambition could get the back end of it with uh the three horse Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's with, he's with an outside shot to hit the bottom part of the exact. So try. what we have here. What we have here, Mike, is we have the four, and then we got the five to follow it, and then we have the three. Mm-hmm. We, we're giving the folks here a nice exacta, and then top of that, we're giving them a trifecta. Yeah. And yeah. we're giving you a part of the pick four here. If Sunny Storm goes off at six to one, it's worth a win bet as well, just in case Roski does have an off day. Roski's not going to have an off day. Ro- Roski, uh, Roski. Now you got me doing Roski. Uh, I think Roski's not gonna have a rough day here or an off day. I think Roski's gonna be business as usual, and Roski has the job done. 
Now, we've done that with uh, the sixth race. Now that sets me up with the daily double. I got Roski here. I just loaded up a $25 bill on a Roski. Does anything here in the seventh race that's a claiming 3,200 going six furlongs stand out to you? Nothing stands out, but one horse, he's kind of at a little bit of a price, runs really good off layoffs, is the one horse, GG second chance. If this horse is right, and I'm sure Frankie's got him right, I think he, I think he handles this field. And for second, I kind of like the old horse of Gerald Butler's Jaguar Ridge. I don't think he'll be in contention early, sprinting, of course, but uh, I think he will be running late. And for third, it was a toss-up. No, it wasn't a toss-up. For third, I like an eight-to-one shot. Little like. Well, that's uh, that's the horse I got on top. So you got five to one, four to one, and eight to one. I got the eight to one. My long shot play of the day here, and that's little like, and that's uh, Billy McEwen, and uh, that's uh, that's Arietta on this horse here, folks, and that's the six. And uh, this horse. Uh, Loves Fairmont Park. Loves Fairmont Park. Six races at Fairmont Park, and it's uh, scored four out of six in the money. Two wins here. I'm looking at Little Ike here, and I know uh, I know Butler's always got a live horse, but uh, I think Jaguar Ridge, I don't know. They they still don't know where the hell they're going with this horse. Uh, do they want to go long with this horse? They want well, to go they short prefer, with this they horse? they prefer to go long, but uh, last time he run, <clears throat> excuse me, was a long race, and he got hooked. When he runs long, he wants the front end. Mm-hmm, and yeah. uh, Showbiz Star uh, was in that race, and he's run against him the last two times. And Showbiz Star is a little bit younger and just a little bit better. And a lot of times when you got a speed horse hooking another good speed horse, one of them's going to quit. Right. And Showbiz is a little bit better horse at the stage of the game right now, and uh, Jaguar packed it in. But uh, I think coming uh, i entered the horse and we running we entered him long and ifed him to the short end the long end didn't go right so gerald decided to go ahead and run him short yeah i i think uh this little uh barn not so little but billy McEwen here he's run eight times it's a small outfit mm-hmm. and uh he's uh eight starts two wins one uh one second one show i th- i think the guy uh, every time he puts out a horse here it's a, a fine-tuned machine, and I, I think Little Ike here will be up for the challenge. Last two speed uh, races here, he's scored a 70, a 77. I, I like I, I like what I'm seeing out of this horse here, and you're getting a good price on this horse. So what do you have here? Uh, Let, let's You know what? Let's put yours and mine together here, and let's see what we got. I've got the one on top one of the five, five six. Six. And did you have the okay? So that that was the only two that you had the one five, one five, and I had the six. So we got those three. Mm-hmm. All right. So our ticket here, it, you know what? Let's go with a one dollar ticket instead of fifty cent because it's going to be a cheap ticket. We got one times two is two, two times one is two, and two times three is six. So you know what? Let's make this a two dollar pick for here, and this is only going to cost us uh, twelve bucks. Okay. $12 ticket. So we got the 6 on top, followed by the 6-8, followed by the 4, followed by the one one five six. is Sounds what we good. have. Sounds good. Well, you know what, Mike? I tell you what, man. I had a great time with you. 
And uh, I'd love for you to come back on my show. We won't talk about agent stuff and all that. We'll just talk about uh, horses and how things are going out there. Anything uh, anything that you're seeing right now with uh, the back end, uh, the, are, are, they, are they excited? Are they talking about it out there? Oh, yeah. Everybody's excited as heck about the gaming bill getting passed. Uh, are they worried at all, though, too? Because now, you're like you said earlier, we're going to see bigger outfits coming in. It, the, the mom yeah. and pop uh, type outfits, uh, you know what? You guys better pick it up. You guys better pick it up. Yeah, but here's one thing that people overlook a lot about Fairmont Park. Um, I've been kind of fortunate to be at different tracks. And when, they, when people talk about Fairmont Park, they talk about cheap horses and um, guys with four and five horse stables and this, that, and the other. But I'm going to tell you something. They've got some good horsemen here. They do. People don't realize how hard it is to keep a horse put together. You know, the got people on the backside. They work hard. Uh, these cheaper horses and the old class horses. A lot of them's got some problems. Uh, Fairmont Park. When you come to Fairmont Park and you think you're you're going to just like come in. Let's say you got a mare that needs to break her maiden. Uh, and it's happened, believe you me, and I've rode quite a few of them. Uh, ship in just to break a maiden. Uh, there was a guy a couple of years ago, or a couple of weeks ago to come in here, and a good friend of mine, Kelly Ackerman, and uh, he trains for a guy by the name of Charles Fipke. And the guy that was on your show here a few weeks ago brought it up, uh, Tale of La, La Comment. Right. Uh, and he brought up who Charles He's going to be on my, my show again Thursday. Yeah, he brought up who Charles Fipke is. And Charles Fipke is the largest diamond miner in the world and has a lot of well-bred horses. And he was right. They brought her in here to break her maiden for breeding purposes. And they thought, you know, this will be a soft spot. She run third. You see a lot of people shipping in here thinking they're going to just, you know, take the money. And it's not like that. And if you look at Chicago and look at Arlington Park even, with the poly track and the turf, the Fairmont Park trainers do well wherever they go. Right. With Oakland being an exception, because you've got Asmussen, you've got Lucas, and you've got these big-name trainers down there with these 3 and $4 million horses. But for the average racetrack and the average racetrack trainer coming in here and think they're just going to steal the money, they're, they're gonna, they got their work cut out. They're, they're going to have their work cut out for them because, you know, you, you look at uh, Teddy Randazzo is a good example. You know, Teddy trained years ago. He got out of the business for a while. Uh, he's come back. Uh, he's got a real good owner. Merritt Hudson's a friend of mine. I, I knew Merritt when he was uh, owned horses with Kim Hammond when I was her assistant. Um, they look at the game. They're, they're, they like to claim horses. And they take horses that have got good numbers. Uh, I don't think they look at pedigrees so much. Uh, a lot of tracks do. At that level, though, Mike, when you don't, you're, you don't have to. You don't need if to. If a look horse at is that. running good for Joe Schmo with seventeen he, starts, why and can't all he that, run yeah. good for me? Yeah, exactly. It's one of them things. Exactly. And um, Merritt uh, and Jamie, Jamie Kavinsky, the guy that you got on here oh, a lot. Oh God, damn! You He's know, them my guys, partner. Them guys are putting a lot of money into the business, and he's been on a roll. Yeah. They've been really hot the last month or so. Uh, the thing about the claiming game is, in my opinion, if you claim, you're going to get a bad one. I don't care 
how smart you are or how smart you think you are, you're going to get a bad one. And the thing about that is stop the bleeding. Sell it, get rid of it, you know, right. whatever you have to do, find it a good home, a good, you know, everybody's looking for a riding horse. Um, these guys that claim a lot of horses, um, you know, when Merrick first started, I, I'll never forget, I got a good story on him. Uh, we claimed a horse off of Mr. Stewart's uh, Wildwood, uh, I can't think of her name right now, right off the top of my head, but we had two horses in the race. And Tommy Pompel was riding Merritt's horse, okay? And this in particular race, Tommy took the other horse. And Merritt got a little upset. You know, hey, you know, why didn't Tommy ride my horse? And his horse got beat. She ran third or fourth. And I said, you know, his agent picked the other horse, and the other horse was better. Um, he, he learned how the game had been played. And it didn't take him long. It didn't take Merritt long to figure out, you know, hey, you're going to get a bad one. Let's find it a home and move on. And that's what they've got to do. And guys like Teddy, he does a good job. He's there every morning. He watches his horses go. Uh, he does a lot of work on his well, own. He's a good guy. Um, Gerald Butler is another guy. You know, he, Gerald, uh, he does a hell of a job with the horses that he's got. He's, and the he's, horses that he's got – You've got to beat every time. I mean, when you see Gerald's yeah. name and Teddy's name on the overnight. You, know, you better have more paint on. It's just like looking at a guy like Scotty. Yeah. When, when Scotty's got one in there, that's usually the horse to beat on right. paper. Now, they don't run them on paper. But, you know, them guys are batting 30 35% win percentage. Year, not just this year. Year after year after year. And they're not backing down no. from the Scotty Beckers. No, uh, like no. Uh, You've seen it in the past. Uh, where they would, uh, I'm not going to put my horse in. Now, now they're like, hey, you know what? He's in there. I'm, I'm putting my horse in there. I think my horse can still beat it. Yeah. So, and, but I think that the guys who's going to come in here, the girls, whatever, um, they might come in here with big expectations, but they'll have to outrun these guys. Yeah. And and it's not just them three or four. It's it's a lot of these guys. Jerry Hammond's been in the business for. 50 years. And it used to be like that, Mike, when the you used to call them invaders coming in. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when these invaders came in, they meant business, and they, they took the money, and they left. Yep. Now it's like, hey, man, we're not just going to let you walk away with this cash. Yep. Uh, you, if you're coming here to win, you better have the war paint on. You know, you look at Manley's, uh, Steve Manley, good friend of mine, good trainer. Great guy. Done good for years. Uh, this is the first year, if I'm not wrong, this is the first year that he's never been stabled at Arlington Park, okay? He's always had a string up there. And with the help situation the way it is, it's difficult to have two strings. Workman's comp then kill yeah, these it guys. it kills them. So Steve elected to go ahead and just ship horses from here to Arlington. I don't know what his percentage is up there this year. It's big, man. But I know he's doing tremendous. But he's training at this racetrack. Uh -huh. This racetrack is very good training facility. It is the the horses get over. The, it's it's a kind surface. It's a little deeper. MJ does a great job yeah, too. Up MJ's there. doing a good job, um, and we've had a pretty good luck with the weather this year. You know, it's uh -huh. been hot, but we've had enough rain to keep the track good and tight. Right, uh, and they're going to have mornings that the track's not as good as what it could be. But that's it. It goes back to help. You know. You're only allowed to have so many workers and this, that, and the other on right. the payroll. Um, but I, I'm just excited about everything that's going to happen. We've been waiting a long time for it. Uh, 
everybody on the backside, you know, you get people that's going to go to Belterra to claim a horse. I know a couple of guys that's went to Arlington this past weekend looking to claim horses, you know. Right. Uh, and for the last five or six years, it was not like looking for more. It's like, how do I get rid of some of these things that I've got because right. I can't afford to winter them, right? you know, and wait until next year. Right. And now you're going to have possibly, possibly down the line, four to five day racing. I yeah. mean, that, that's what that's what we're looking at. And that's what these outfits are that looking be, forward to. That I think that will be more of a gradual buildup. Right. Uh, we do not have enough horse. You know, they're not going to. Uh, open the casino oh, and then all yeah. of a sudden it's going to happen. Um, it'll be a little bit of a gradual thing, but as long as we can get, it's all based on the owners. You know, a lot of these owners are getting old. It's been waiting on this. Uh, some of them have passed away. Uh, the thing about what we need to concentrate need on to come back like me. is promotion <laughs> and promoting anything is, yeah. is the thing, you know, everybody, I always use this adage is, you know, you got McDonald's and you got Hardee's. Most people will agree that Hardee's got the best hamburger of the two. Okay? All right. Okay. Most people, not a lot, not all. I don't know. People. I haven't had either or in a while. Why is it when you go on the, on a trip and you see a, a sign that's got McDonald's and Hardee's that McDonald's always has the longest line? always right right it's advertising right exactly i'm 57 years old and i can remember one advertisement from when i was how does that fit in this how does what fit in it uh the advertising advertisement promotion have promotions at the racetrack you know brian has the party at the park uh always a big turnout well we've Uh, done everything we can like that oh they've did a hell of a job yeah building this bridge until this Slot bill. Right. Believe you me, most tracks would have closed a long time ago. Right, right. But now, but we could still promote and make it even better than and, what it's going to be. And it doesn't stop there because I, I think the people in the St. Louis area have just, they're magnetized by horse racing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're not like Kentucky, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you our fans will still show up. We've got fans thousands of fans come that come Fairmont. Yes. Fairmont Park. I've, I've seen Chicago. Right. They don't come up there to Hawthorne. No. But Hoosier, for our St. Louis. Indiana Dan. Yeah. Ellis. I went to Ellis. It was a much more big, bigger purses. But you know what? No one was there. Yeah. I, I come to Fairmont Park, and uh, we got thousands of people there, and everyone's having a good time. Every, no one's bothering anybody. Everyone's uh, having a, like a picnic out there. Look at Woodbine. Yeah. You, you can't find people at Woodbine. You watch the, the simulcast. You know, I've watched Hernandez ride up there a lot, and they'll be going a mile on the 16th or whatever, and they'll be starting on the front side on their poly track. There's nobody in the grandstand. Well, I, I could say the same about Aqueduct. I, I've yes. seen the stands at Aqueduct. It just seems like there's a few people, hecklers here and there, and that, that's, that's about it. I mean, yep. it's not like that here, folks. Uh, and I know you guys listen to the show from New York to – uh, Ireland, what's that uh, African uh, country there? Mauritius. Mauritius. I know that you get folks out there listen to us as well, and I'm telling you, if you ever come to the Midland here, if you're ever coming to uh, the middle of the country, look for St. Louis area, and I'll tell you what, you'll find some terrific racing here at Fairmont Park Racetrack. Yeah, and everybody has a good time. Too. Everybody has a good time. All right, my friends, that's our show for this week. Take care, and we will see you this coming Thursday. This coming Thursday, we will have Scott back on the show with the Pollock Report.
So uh, that'll be interesting for our fans out there. They'll get the scoop on what's going on with international racing and what all all TMZ type of news on horse racing. How about oh, that? Yeah. You liked that, didn't you, last time we had that? Pollock? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's what we have. Keep cashing those winning tickets. And by the way, this Tuesday, tomorrow, we have the governor. The governor will be showing up at the racetrack. So if you see him, give a big thumbs up for the man because uh, he's made this possible for us. Uh, so you know what? No bad mouthing. We got a politician finally coming through for us. How about that? That's right. All right. From uh, Brian. Uh, Mike, Mike Plasters. I tell you, I can't believe I forgot my buddy's last name here. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, take care, my friends. Keep cash those winning tickets. We'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another episode of Race Day at Fairmount Park on the lineupmedia.fm network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or through our website, fairmountparkpodcast.com. And follow the show on Facebook and Twitter. There's a perfect time when you're tempting fate. And you lay your money down. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 